Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. This is episode number seven in our series called Psychology on Vinyl, where we try to understand both the subtle and the blatant psychology behind and within famous records. Now, this record is one of the most atmospheric albums that I have ever been privileged to hear. It's been considered one of the high marks of this artist's career, and I totally can get behind that. This is the eighth studio album by Joni Mitchell, and the name of the album is Hegira. Now, Joni Mitchell is a triple threat. She has a voice that works in various, including very complex genres. She's a great musician, and her lyrics are often works of art in themselves. She's actually a painter, literally. That said, her lyrics are kind of like that too, like paintings. They take you somewhere, they set a scene, they are descriptive, and you can kind of insert yourself into the picture really easily, really visually. This album for me is the best example of this in her catalog. I know that Blue is oftentimes more popular. A couple of other albums are are of note, but this is my album for her. This is what happened in her life at this time. She took to the road. And Hegira, in a nutshell, can actually be translated in its simplest sense as the word journey. That's what was happening here. It's off she went. To, to learn, to experience. She was on tour at part of this, uh, and, and, and she wanted to just uh, absorb. And this record puts us basically in her suitcase. If driving with the top down on the open road, this record puts us right in the back seat while she drives that car. If it's freezing outside, we feel the warmth of the fire right there in the room with Joni Mitchell. Something I also love about this record is her continuing her transition into jazz writing and vocal stylings. She is way ahead of the pack regarding capabilities in this way. Some people immediately and only think folk music when they think of Joni Mitchell. Those people didn't keep the career in mind as it advanced. Her jazz sensibilities are through the roof. You can't predict her melodies, but once you hear them, you never forget them. In her search to musically expand and broaden her horizons, she found a kindred spirit in the bassist that we know, Jaco Pastorius. Now, his fretless bass line (laughs) on many of these tracks are impossibly good. It's kind of like a tug of war between the two of them on these tracks as to which is the most mesmerizing. And in the end, they both win. So so buckle up and let's relive this album's journey, especially during a pandemic. We all could use the trip, right? So let's go. The first song is called Coyote. Now, Joni Mitchell was, as many of these songs spell out very clearly, trying to analyze what path to take at this point in her life. It was love versus career are both possible. Is being a real artist with freedom more appealing 
than putting down roots with love and stability. Uh, this song, Coyote, is essentially a rest stop on this journey. She meets a guy, totally the wrong guy, when it comes to a real relationship sense. But he's an interesting distraction who makes it abundantly clear that faithfulness and monogamy are not in his vernacular. So she keeps moving along. In a way, she was like Amelia Earhart, uh, going into the unknown, looking at her coordinates and taking the wheel to who knows where. That sentiment is the direct comparison to her found in the next song called Amelia. It's a very interesting comparison. It's so fitting for Joni Mitchell at the time. See, at one point, for example, Amelia Earhart had already gained fame for her transatlantic flight, but she endeavored to set a new record that would be hers and hers alone, something never been done. Uh, Similarly, as an artist at the time, Joni Mitchell was already very well established and had nothing to prove to anyone, but she wanted more. She wanted more fulfillment. She needed to find out more and conquer more. The next song is called Furry Sings the Blues. Now, the furry character in question is actually Furry Lewis. Uh, Furry Lewis was a musician. Uh, His life took a crazy voyage in itself. Uh, He played blues in the 1920s. And then when the young British bands became obsessed with blues music in the 1960s, he made a comeback. The same person who worked as a street sweeper for 44 years also then went on to open for the Rolling Stones in the 70s. So she's observant of all this. And she makes a a travel comparison here as she visits an area that was once just jumping in its day. And now it's pretty beat up. And she's traveling through the area in the back of a limo. It's a, this must be my moment. But also, this might be my future, after my moment, kind of a scenario. And in typical Joni Mitchell fashion, it's not just reflection, but romanticizing the possibilities. Uh, Jumping to the title track, Hajira, it is pure introspection from the perspective of someone trying to find answers and find their place on the planet in an unsure capacity. A key lyric is how she's hurting that she is, quote, always bound and tied to someone. She seems to hate this, but she can't seem to fight the chase and the mystery that each new person provides her with. Let's put all this in perspective. This is a single woman, age 33, dealing with all the stigma that comes along with this. This journey she literally is on is giving her reflection time, and she's totally sharing those reflections with us. The last lyrics on side one summarizes everything perfectly. This is what she sings. I'm traveling in some vehicle. I'm sitting in some cafe, a defector from the petty wars until love sucks me back that way. There's a lot of that sentiment on this album. Now, side two begins with a song called Song for Sharon. And when you know the history a little bit, it really makes it interesting. The Sharon that she's singing to in the song was a lady named Sharon Bell. They were friends as kids. Here's the deal. Sharon wanted to be a singer when she was young, but she married a farmer. Mitchell 
used to fantasize about being a farmer's wife, but ended up becoming a singer, and they stayed friends. This song is over eight minutes long, but you don't care because the lyrics are so perfect. Uh, for example, listen to this, simple and still deep. My friends were calling up all day yesterday, all emotions and abstractions. It seems we all live so close to that line and so far from satisfaction. The song Black Crow comes after this, once again, using really effective imagery and metaphor. She compares herself to a black crow traveling in the sky kind of aimlessly. She sings, I looked at the morning after being up all night. I looked at my haggard face in the bathroom light. I looked out the window and I, I saw that ragged soul take flight. I saw a black crow flying in a blue sky. I'm like a black crow flying in a blue sky. And then a really telling lyric in this song again, my whole life has been illumination, corruption, and diving down to pick up on every shining thing. Just like a bird that stops mid-flight to check out something shiny on the ground, she was stopping along the way during this journey to see all the potential relationships to see if any one of them would be right. I almost kind of picture a metal detector, you know, going crazy with alerts on the, on the beach. But each time the discovery is not gold or silver or coin, it's bottle caps. Still though, if you keep walking and the alarm signals, you still have to check the next time because what if the next one is the treasure? That is what she was doing with relationships at this time in her life. And they generally turned out to be bottle caps. Now, the last one that we're going to check out is Refuge of the Roads. Now, you probably, if you know this record, are thinking, Chris, how could you skip A Strange Boy or Blue Motel Room? Those songs are great. I'm just picking the ones like I usually do that I feel serve the psychology on vinyl purpose the best. But for the record, Blue Motel Room is absolutely gorgeous. The final track that we're going to be looking at again is Refuge of the Roads. Now, right off, I have to say two words for you to prepare for this song. Jocko's Bass. It's so good and fits the mood of the song like musically lowering the lights. The closing lines of the song also close the record. They are again simple and complex. There's depth and yet another travel analogy woven into the words. She sings in a highway service station over the month of June was a photograph of the earth taken coming back from the moon. And you couldn't see a city on that marbled bowling ball or a forest or a highway or me here, least of all. You couldn't see these cold water restrooms or this baggage overload, westbound and rolling, taking refuge in the roads. There's a lot going on there. 
she uses the word baggage and we know what she means when she gets home will it still be home was it ever where does she belong is her life gratifying would she be more or less fulfilled if she just settled down would she feel trapped if she settled down the fact is after the riding in the car and the road tripping the journey never stops Joni Mitchell herself believes that this album is the most honest statement that it could have been. In fact, in, in 2006, she said, quote, I suppose a lot of people could have written a lot of my other songs, but I feel the songs on Hegira could only have come from me. To close, and this is something that I found personally very, very interesting. I looked up a little bit of the information for this record on Wikipedia. I try to pride myself on not doing that very often and just knowing about these records. But at the same time, I'm not opposed to learning more about them along the way. So, so I'm on Wikipedia and one of the headings that they usually have when you look people up is called personal life. It'll say early life, career, discography, personal life, something like that. On the Joni Mitchell page, she doesn't have that heading she does not have a personal life heading it's not there it's always there in almost every other person i've looked up for whatever reason but not for her it essentially starts with her early life and ends with her discography that to me is very telling she is now at the time of this podcast a 78 year old woman and all of the information about her life is basically about her art and her work. I wonder if the 33-year-old woman who recorded the Hijira album would have been happy or sad or heartbroken or extremely content in knowing that. Of this, I'm not sure. But one thing I'm quite sure of, the 33-year-old woman who made this artistic statement in a rock and roll boys club world who was single and who by herself drove from Los Angeles to Maine and then went back to California via Florida and the Gulf of Mexico. All of this, mind you, without having a driver's license, at the very least, she would understand. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist and for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a refresher podcast dash Joni Mitchell Hegira playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash Joni Mitchell Hegira. So let me tell you the songs. And as is my norm, I'm going to break them into sides as they were originally put on the record. Side one, Coyote, followed by Amelia, Furry Sings the Blues, A Strange Boy, and Hegira. Side two, Song for Sharon, Black Crow, Blue Motel Room, and Refuge of the Roads. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Joni Mitchell. Hajira, and she spells Joni, J-O-N-I. 
Speaking of travel, our show seems to be traveling despite the pandemic's restrictions. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our show, as our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Pontiac, Michigan, and Wethersfield, Connecticut in the United States, hello, and in Vaux, Switzerland, which I looked it up and one source described as a rolling countryside by the majestic Alps. How cool. Welcome to Refresher, everybody. And for those that are longtime listeners, we really, really appreciate you. In fact, this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. I got more recently from some individuals, and I just want to say thank you. I know that you don't have to do that, and the fact that you're doing that is is very touching, so thank you very much. But whether you have the opportunity to contribute financially or not, just enjoy the, enjoy the show. It's yours. Feel free to listen and enjoy anytime. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.